Welcome to episode 114 of The Squadron. I'm your host, Garrett Teslaw, and this is my first episode back from a much-needed, long-overdue, and frankly required hiatus. I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to be talking uh, behind the microphone again. And um, this episode was recorded earlier today. It's one of the fastest turnarounds I've ever done, I think, for a podcast episode. Recorded earlier today because it's so timely. And it wasn't the episode I expected to release uh, first upon my return, but it seems now to be the most appropriate. So I'm going to get right into the episode. Most of you who've been listening to the show for some time know Traver, know about his work, know about his uh, connection to the show from the very beginning. And with everything going on this week, all the chaos and the uncertainty and the uh, anxiety that it can produce, I couldn't think of a better person to have on to talk about those things, how to navigate the, navigate those things for ourselves, but also then how to lead through it. And like I say, for me, there's no one I'd rather talk to. There's no one I'd rather come back to this show with than Traver Bohm. So you can follow him on socials at Traver Bohm, T-R-A-V-E-R-B-O-E-H-M. And other than that, <clears throat> no ads tonight, no... Uh, no long intro, although I'm getting there right now. <clears throat> no intro music, no outro music, no ads cutting out in the middle of the, sh- in the show. Uh, because this one's, um, this is important. And I think that um, what we talk about here is, is very much needed. So hit us up on Facebook, socials, email us. Let us know what you think of some of these things that we talk about today. About how to lead in these uncertain times, how to check in with yourself how to give yourself some compassion, but also work towards some empathy for everybody else that's going through this with us. We are all in this together. And as the intro uh, narrative says, usually when I play it during the show, why us? Well, because no one else is coming. Traver, welcome back to the squad room. Garrett, it is always a pleasure. Yeah. Interesting times today. Um, There's a lot. We're going to talk about this in depth. A uh, lot to be nervous about. I'll be upfront. I I'm nervous because I haven't recorded an episode in five or six months, like a oh, lot, wow. like actual like in person interview like this. Oh wow! So All right. welcome back to the game, man. Yeah, it's I'm shaking off the rust a little bit and yeah. um, working under uh, on, under different, slightly different recording conditions than what I'm used to. But we all are adapting these days to to changes. So if you're hearing uh, the audio is a little different. You're hearing, uh, well, we're kind of rigged up a little differently today, but mm-hmm. we're going to talk a lot about, about change and managing change and, mm-hmm. and how, we, how we can have one foot in both strength and resiliency and another foot in acknowledging the anxiety that's going on. Yeah. And I thought it'd be really good to start today with something that just popped up in the squad room closed groups, the, the squad room Facebook closed group, you know, and for listeners who aren't part of that group, go over to Facebook and search the squad room podcast. You can join our group and it's really a cool spot. And Ron Everett, who's a member and a listener, uh, not too far from me here in California, posted something uh, that I just thought was uh, apropos for the moment and something that we could use as a jumping off point for our discussion today. Ron, is, is works for his union um, in addition to his other duties. And he posted something to his union today that I just thought was uh, was just on point. So I'm going to read it, dry mouth and all. 
and uh, bear with me through the uh, the swallows. <laughs> but, here, but this is this is Ron Everett, um, listener of the squadron, member of our group, fantastic guy. Just love what he says here. All. As I think about the unprecedented circumstances over the past week, I am reminded that we are not the first to endure difficult and uncertain times. In the last week, we've experienced the first midterm school shutdown, followed by a first-ever moratorium on bars and restaurants serving alcohol through St. Patrick's Day, and a countywide shelter-at-home order looms in the hours ahead. The stock market has crashed. Recession, depression, talks are in the news. Travel, sports, and nearly every other social activity has been canceled. There are lines at the grocery store for the first time in our lives in this country. Although these are the first-time experiences for almost all of us, we are not alone. Others have come before us who have endured uncertain and difficult times, and we need only look at them for guidance on how they overcame similar and far worse circumstances. I think of our grandparents, the greatest generation, who endured pestilence, economic collapse, followed almost ironically by war, atrocity, and holocaust. If ever a people had reason for uncertainty and fear, it was this generation. They are not being asked to wash their hands with soap and watch Netflix for a couple weeks at home. <laughs> My latest motivational quote was inspired by Sir Winston Churchill's speech to the House of Commons in June of 1940. I only posted the last sentence on my board, but the preceding paragraph is worth considering. Nazi Germany had conquered all of Europe. The United States had not yet joined the war and stood silent, still neutral. Great Britain stood alone against overwhelming odds following a crushing defeat at Dunkirk. After rescuing the remains of the British army at France, Churchill had this to say to his parliament. The whole fury and might of the enemy must very soon be turned on us. Hitler knows that he will have to break us in this island or lose the war. If we can stand up to him, all Europe may be freed and the life of the world may move forward into broad, sunlit uplands. But if we fail, then the whole world, including the United States, including all that we have known and cared for, will sink into the abyss of a dark, new dark age made more sinister and perhaps more protracted by the lights of perverted science. Let us therefore brace ourselves to our duties, and so bear ourselves, that if the British Empire and its commonwealth last for a thousand years, men will still say, this was their finest hour. We are poised for a profound opportunity to offer strength and hope to our community that is looking for leadership to help guide them through the fear. The thin blue line is not a cool flag or a clever saying. We are called to stand and divide between order and chaos. Although the virus can be deadly, I see the fear in our communities as the greatest risk to order. Fear, like the virus, is very contagious, but so is hope. The quiet confidence of our mere presence and professionalism can inspire hope in our community. This may well be our finest hour if we accept this burden of leadership in these trying times. Be safe, be brave, take care of yourselves and your families as we all sort through the impact of this pandemic, both personally and professionally. As others have endured far worse, we will get through this. Our children will return to school, sports, and social activities will resume, and our lives will return to normal. We have everything we need to endure these difficult and unprecedented times. Ron. Hmm. I just, I, I was so moved by what Ron wrote and that he, he was kind enough to share that and then agreed to let me share that with the audience and uh, wanted to get your first reaction to that. You hadn't heard that until I read it. So that's, this no, be I haven't heard it. I think it's true. I think it's true on so many levels. Um, 
from the fact that like I'm under no lockdown other than, you know, the basics, but I still have access to Whole Foods, right? Like this is the level of suffering going on in Denver, Colorado right now. I can still get organic grass fed, like butter, like rubbed ribs Mm -hmm. and, and eat them. And I have internet and I have a cell phone and uh, heat and et cetera. And so I, I look at this whole thing a couple of different ways, Garrett. There's, there is a massive challenge facing the populace. There's a massive challenge facing a lot of individuals and families. And then there's a health issue. I think you nailed it. And right, like most people, I know a couple of people who have had this, had Corona. They're like, yeah, it sucks. And it was fevery and I couldn't breathe for a couple of days. And, you know, I was wheezing and coughing and shit and I didn't feel good. And now I'm okay. Hmm. And you go, oh, that's fascinating. Um, hmm. And I think for those people who don't get it, what will be of equal challenge is the, the speed of change that's come into their lives, the complexity of challenge that they now have to deal with. And the personal mirror that's getting held up to any deficiencies or cracks in their foundation. Like that's the real deal mm-hmm. is okay. Uh, and then the, the flip side of that is for every challenge, there's equal, if not more opportunity. And we need to, we need to one acknowledge and be really honest about the challenge and say that this is unprecedented times in our lives And my grandparents, if they were alive, may have been like, this is nothing. But for a lot of us, just the speed and complexity of change, like that's a, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And that'll rattle your central nervous system. And and we've watched over the past, you know, five, six days, how quickly change has come. And I think, I think we're in for, for even more change. And when people are actually listening to this, that change may have come, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's always challenging if I look back at fighting and go, if I throw a jab cross hook at you, you had to deal with my hands. If I throw a jab cross kick elbow and then I shoot in and try to take you down, the complexity of that series is often why it works because the brain's like, wait a minute, hands, feet, elbow, what's hips, what's going on here? And it feels like that's what's hit a lot of people of like I'm sequestered in my house and now I have to look at a couple different systems in my life. My health system, how is it? What can I do to keep it up? What am I doing preventatively? What am I doing home alone uh, if I do get this? What am I doing to counteract it? Mm -hmm. That's one system. Then I have the financial system of, okay, where is my money going to come from in the next eight weeks? What happens to my clients? Are they still hiring me? Are people still buying my book? What's what's the general sense afterwards socially? And then, oh, now I have to deal with the system of I'm home alone potentially for weeks at a time. Am I going to go nuts? Am I going to start drinking a six-pack a day and jerking off all over the place? Like, what's my – how am I going to deal with me? And, and I'm unique and isolated where you're at home with a family, which I imagine has its own – a different set of challenges, let's call it, right. and a different set of of benefits as well. Um, I know that was a mouthful to a short question, but <laughs> I think he's right. You know, yeah. panic is still my, my my biggest fear with all this is 
what happens if people lose their shit? Mm -hmm. Because this, the, the only thing more unpredictable than a virus that you can't see is humans that you can. As you know, you're in like, this is your bread and butter, dude. Like, yeah. you guys exist because we can't keep our shit together. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> dude, I, that's crazy. Why would someone do something so stupid? Oh, that's why we need police. Right. Uh, so I there have been times, I'll be quite honest, over the past week that I have been afraid. Mm-hmm. I have been overwhelmed with anxiety of like, oh shit, what happens if? And kind of let myself or found myself tumbling down that wormhole mm-hmm. and going, it's okay. Relax. Take a breath. R- actually assess what's true and what's not true. Mm-hmm. And then take a little bit of action and see what you can do here. Uh, you know, in, in my community, in law enforcement, we are the ones who are uniquely um, – obligated to handle that that situation right and and i think ron and everyone else has made this point is is on point that i'm not i'm not worried as much about the virus as the people who are losing their minds over toilet paper at costco right and then the panic that 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 devolves into right and it's not a far leap between between the the shelves at costco being empty of toilet paper to the social chaos and social disorder Mm -hmm. that comes when people panic and so what i think is our biggest challenge right now is being in a place where we can manage uh to 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 address these functions but also acknowledge the our own change and our own anxiety out of this right yeah because as you noted like i'm at home with with kids and i'm in a fortunate i'm in a i'm in a fortunate position right now where I might have the only job in my department that I can actually, I can telecommute. Yeah. And that's not going to last for very long, but um, as, as bad luck would have it or luck would have it, um, I was telling you right before we started recording, you know, I came down with a viral lung infection two weeks ago, not COVID, <laughs> but just your run of the mill winter, winter, like fluish cold. Mm-hmm. And um, as this was all kicking off, I decided to basically self quarantine for, 14 days and but I was able to continue to do some work and in the in that and you talk about the speed of change I was homesick for a couple of days and by the end of that week my kids school had closed down my wife's work had closed down she was now working from home and we are now all packed into the house trying to negotiate this quote-unquote new normal right yeah but yeah. I do have to go back to work. Most guys and girls in this in this profession are already at work. They haven't got a break yet. If in fact mm-hmm. they're working overtime behind the people that have self quarantined, or they're mm-hmm. you know <clears throat> they're playing uh, civil uh, disobedience keeper with the people at Costco because they can't mind mm-hmm. their manners. Um, so to me, this is a really unique event in a lot of ways. But for us, it's because. <clears throat> There's professional change and then there's personal change. And, mm-hmm. and we have to navigate both. And they, this job is so unique in how the two intersect in our lives. You know, you mm-hmm. can't, there's no such thing as being a cop when you're on duty and then not being one at home. It just doesn't work that way. And anyone who says they can, can bifurcate the two, I'd love to have on the show for you to explain to me how. Because just <laughs> the nature, like, what I mean by that is like, I go to work, you know, if I get pulled into uniform to cover a shift, I go to work, I'm exposed to certain things like this. I then come yeah. home and bring it home to my family. My wife now has that worry that I've been exposed to something or that I've had to interact with in this way. My kids mm-hmm. might be be exposed to it. It's not the same 
as some accountant who shuts down the office, mm-hmm. right? And then and then works from home and can work completely sequestered. We don't have that option. So how do we navigate these changes, this anxiety that is building in all of us? Mm-hmm. And and so I really liked Ron's point to our role in this and to look at this as our finest hour. This is our opportunity to show people what we are capable of mm-hmm. uh, in terms of our compassion, especially with mm-hmm. the fear that's out there, but also that it's okay to acknowledge our own fear, right? For sure. For and I know sure. of any, if, of all people, you'll, you'll agree with that. Yeah, for sure. How do we, but how do we do that? You know, I mean, I think the first step is obviously acknowledging, as you've said recently, it's okay to be afraid. Yeah. But not letting that take over. How do, how do we do that? I think the best way to do it is to acknowledge it, mm-hmm. right? That which we suppress comes out sideways. Period, fucking period. So if we say, if we sit there with a shaky hand and say, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid, that will come out in other behavior. You'll have to reduce that anxiety in a way that's not upfront. Mm-hmm. Right? I want to know what's in front of me. As a human, as a fighter, as a man, I want to face what's in front of me. Mm-hmm. In order to do that, I have to acknowledge what's in front of me. Yeah. Right. In the example I gave, like I wouldn't tell people to just walk around their house if their house was on fire and say, it's not on fire. It's not on fire. This is great. It's not on fire. It's nice. It's it's on fucking fire. I also wouldn't scream in their faces and get them to freeze or advocate that they panic and 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 start sprinting around all corners of the building. Just leave the building. But first you have to acknowledge, and I think that's for your community especially. Uh, the male community within your community and the male community at large is just taking an opportunity to say, you know what, for this one, I'm allowed to be afraid mm-hmm. and I'm going to drop whatever the culture norm is. And I may not, I may not be openly weeping in the locker room out of fear, but I have people in my life I can call out of the department, close friends in the department, uh, a partner and say, like, yeah, this is, you know, it actually, it, it is pretty fucking scary right now. Yeah. And then it's in the middle of the room. Then, then, then you can look at it. I think it's important too to to note that fear or acknowledging fear doesn't mean lack of action. Right? No. Um, in fact, if anything, it can kind of focus action. A hundred percent. Right. So you you get to deal with it. It's one of the ingredients you're now working with, mm-hmm. as opposed to pretending that it's not in there. Yeah. Right. So let's let's get over the ego or the whatever the the cultural aspect of let's just call it um, machismo in, in any profession. Right. When there's a pandemic, suddenly you guys are supposed to leave your humanity or bypass your humanity or not not have your humanity front and center. Right. Uh, which, would, trust me, will lead to other issues. Yeah. It's, it's why I'm so angry at the spiritual community right now with uh, the level of bypassing and gaslighting. What do you mean? Uh, of posts going out and people saying, you know, if you feel fear and anxiety right now, it's not the virus that's bringing this on. That was in your vibe. That was in your field. Mm. Your job is just to generate pure faith and love. And then things like the virus won't affect you. Mm. And I literally want to drive to their houses and go (laughs) punch them right in the nose and be like, oh, I'm sorry, nasal pain. That must have been in your vibe or in your field or whatever, you (laughs) fucking nitwit. Uh, let's stop that nonsense and go, we don't get to 
bypass our own humanity Mm -hmm. period fucking period if you're in a biological unit that looks a lot like mine or yours you're human therefore that's going to come with inherent patterns Mm -hmm. one of which is when sudden change comes we get anxious because sudden change often down the line can lead to death if sudden change comes from a number of different angles it's even more terrifying because we don't have one area to focus on Mm -hmm. so for you guys Right. You also not only do you have to deal with the the potential of panic in the populace, you're going to have to deal with, okay, what if my spouse loses her job? What who's home watching my kids right now? Mm -hmm. And if I look at stress like, uh, you know, like I have a bottle of kombucha in front of me, if if normally it's like deal with the human population at their worst, which is what you guys do every day, that's three quarters of the bottle. Mm -hmm. And now we've oh, we've also added another half to the bottle which is kids, wife, someone just lost a job. By the way, everybody on the neighborhood in the neighborhood is now unemployed. Then that bottle's overflowing. Mm-hmm. That's when we explode. That's when we do shit we don't want to do. That's when we, you know, get in a fight in a park. That's when that's when we do shit that you guys get called to come help <laughs> us regulate. Right. <laughs> Thank yeah. you again for your work, by the way. <laughs> to, to 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 open that analogy a little bit so for people to understand, like your bucket can only hold so much, right? Whether, and, and this is something I've only learned in the last couple of months, but your bucket and my bucket are different sizes, right? Or they, or they might be. And there's no, there's, if I have a smaller or larger bucket than you, there's, there's no, it's no personal fault about how, how big or small my bucket is. And then from that, we fill that bucket, right? And you say that we fill that thing with institutional stress, with uh, the vigilance that's required to go out. We fill that nowadays with these changing SOPs or policies on on our job. Because like you just said, our job is changing by the hour. I mean, I'm getting hourly changes to what we are supposed to be doing at work, right? Whether it comes to insane, reducing uh, car stops, to mm-hmm. eliminating certain kinds of arrests, to releasing inmates from the jail, Mm-hmm. Um, to uh, handling reports by phone. These things all are all changing. And each of those changes, good or bad, either takes or adds to our bucket. And mm-hmm. as we add family issues and the schools are closed and now we're trying to entertain our kids or even educate them or, uh, yes, work from home with a, some, with or have a spouse that now has to work from home with and juggle the kids, like our bucket is, is most absolutely being filled at this point if not straight from the spigot (laughs) (laughs) you can blame the fireman blame the fire we always blame the fireman (laughs) and so what i'm what i'm uniquely interested in in this this conversation but also at this time this time in my own life is recognizing when that bucket starts to spill over Mm -hmm. you know and how you touched on it a minute ago but the things that we do when that bucket starts to, to, to spill over before we are able to sit with whatever it is that's causing it to spill. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't long ago I had a conversation with you when you were like, just, you know, sit with it. And I'm like, how yeah. do you sit with it? Like, I didn't understand yeah. or grasp the idea of sitting with the anxiety of it. And and I do now after yeah. a lot of work on it. But I don't, I, I think that's a, that's still a, an elusive idea to people is mm-hmm. so I wanted to touch on some of the things, you know, cause you work with a lot of guys mm-hmm. and you see them, they come to you at that moment where that bucket is starting to drip over. If mm-hmm. not 
pour over, right? And so what are the things that the listeners should be on the lookout for in their own behavior and their own attitudes and say, you know what, my bucket's pretty full right now. Yeah. You know, we, we always go back to the body. So you're going to get these sensations in the body. The body's going to give you reactions. Mm-hmm. So first test is how are you sleeping? Are you sleeping? Are you not sleeping? Are you suddenly waking up five times in a night? Are you eating? Are you going to the bathroom? Do you have a sex drive? Right. Is there a sense of tightness in the chest? Is there tightness in the body? Right. So the body's the first canary in the coal mine. Right. And, you know, how is my gut throughout the day? Do I have indigestion? Am I like my bowel movements all screwed up? Okay. Something's going on here. Like any, any biological change, then it's behavioral change. Man, I can't believe I just snapped at my spouse. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I just yelled at my kids over something that was so stupid. I can't believe walking into the office when someone looked at me, I felt this rush of heat go up from my stomach into my chest, into my face of anger. Mm -hmm. So it's really monitoring what's going on inside of you. And then what do you do with it is one, the, the number one thing which we touched on just a few minutes ago is acknowledge it. Supposed to like, yeah, it doesn't matter that I'm not sleeping. It doesn't matter that like I'm yelling at my kids. It doesn't matter that I'm like feel like I'm going to throw up a couple times a day or I get dizzy or whatever. Then just get rid of the egoic part of you that's like I'm not supposed to feel that shit you are. So what, the noticing mm-hmm. and then the immediate desire to quell it. Mm-hmm. So I said that which we suppress goes out sideways. So it's, oh, I'm feeling anxious. Okay, what are my options here? I can crack a beer. You guys can't smoke joints. I don't think it's California. Maybe you can <laughs> <laughs> not as of this recording anyway. <laughs> so don't do that. Uh, crack a beer, you know, numb out some other way. Uh, how are you going? Hmm. What if I actually started getting, asking myself what's at the root of this? And this is, we're talking about a five minute process here. We're not talking about like, okay, go live on an Island for a month with a journal and figure out what, what are your triggers? It's okay. Shit. What's filling my bucket? And then are there things in the immediacy that I can do? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are stuck home with their spouse. A lot of people are stuck home with their children. Can you just go to your spouse and acknowledge, hey, this is going to be a challenging period. I really appreciate that you're stuck here with me too. I'm, I'm, I noticed I was a little cranky this morning. I just want to apologize for that. And then walk the fuck away. Mm-hmm. It's not a discussion then of like, well, you said this and this and this. And it's just like, hey, this is hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. acknowledge just put it in the middle of the room for everybody hey kids guess what we're in a really unique situation and sometimes mom and dad are we're going to be a little snappy right now still love you i apologize and then watch what that does to your own physiology one watch as it does to the room because everybody knows mm-hmm. but two then watch what it what happens in your own body mm-hmm. of hmm what happens if you get on the phone with me and say you know what man i am scared out of my mind I am terrified. I'm nauseous. I'm shitting myself. I can't sleep. My my wife's driving me nuts. Like I stepped on a Lego this morning. I just want to Hulk smash everybody, and then go, Garrett. I hear you, man. And then see how you feel. Mm-hmm. Like oh, like we we forget that un we use these terms. I just need to unburden myself. I'm carrying around all of this weight. Let me let me let me take some of that for you. And this is this is the beauty of friendship, partnership, et cetera, where there are days where I'm like, bro, I feel like you, I got 400 pounds. You can put it right on my back. Do it. Mm-hmm. 
And then the next morning, I'm going to call you and be like, Garrett, I feel like my life's falling apart. I don't know why I'm here. I think people are going to break into my house tomorrow and steal all my fucking Whole Foods food. Like, can you help me out? And you're just going to listen. So it's, it's that, man. It's, but if we don't acknowledge it, like to get to your point, where does it start? If I call you and I go, hey, how are you? And you're like, great. How are you? Good. Cool. What do you think is going to happen with Tom Brady? Yeah. Right. Then, then we don't address it. Mm-hmm. And that anxiety is going to sit in us. Mm-hmm. Stress is going to sit in us. This is supposed to be stressful. It's a fucking pandemic. Right. It is a worldwide invisible enemy that changes all the time that we can't see. We don't know if it's 10 feet, three feet. We don't know if we even have it. It's, it's all the things. It's, it's the perfectly designed enemy. Mm-hmm. And yet some segment of the population is supposed to just be chill with it. <laughs> like right. imagine explaining this to to a kid or right. to an alien like oh we're the police uh we just don't have those feelings that the general population has because we wear these uniforms and they're magic and but but actually that's not true right, right. <laughs> you know i i think um i think too I, again i go back to this as an or, on an organizational idea and as on a, on a leadership concept of it is that you know i've got I've got kids to worry about. Obviously, I've got a wife who has her own feelings about all this. Um, but for those of us who are in charge of or lead other people, we have that same obligation to them there at work, right? And to to check in with those people on that same level. Just because we're not related by blood uh, doesn't mean that we don't have an obligation to do that for our people too. And, to, and for the leaders to understand Mm. everyone's bucket's pretty full right now. Yeah. And if you got a guy who um, is not producing or is calling in sick or whatever, it's like, we, this is the, this is the best opportunity any of us could ever have to practice more patience. Right. 100%. And, uh, and, and mm-hmm. to understand those things. But I think it's key for the leaders too to know, to, to watch out for those warning signs when those, when that bucket starts to drip. Right. Cause, cause when we, when we do that, we can, a, we, we probably could save someone's job. Mm-hmm. Um, we can keep him out of a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can keep him gainfully employed or gainfully married. Right. Yeah. And, and cops are famous, famous for uh, impaired decision-making as a result of the chronic stress that we go through. Right. right. And that goes down to alcoholism, to extramarital affairs, mm-hmm. uh, to uh, all the, all the other risky behaviors that happen with, with exposure to chronic stress Mm -hmm. and we just, we need to be on the lookout for each other for those things. Like you said, sleep disturbances, it seems to start there. Those, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're making bad decisions and you know, you are, you see a buddy making them, it's time to pull them aside and ask them those questions you just asked about, you know, check in with them. Um, you know, a lot of guys, and I I say guys, but of course I mean women too, but I think in my profession, I think a lot of people, feel anxious but they don't understand what that feeling is you know Mm -hmm. does that make sense but um they don't know why they feel different and they don't know why they feel on edge yeah and sometimes anxiety is just a uh, kind of a a generalized feeling uh but feeling that sort of i think the best way to describe it is feeling that need to be rushed, like you're rushed to do something, you're rushed to finish your tasks or your chores or your paperwork and you just got to get it done. If you're yeah. feeling that in your day-to-day life, 
that's a good flag, a good clue that you need to step back, check in, and maybe figure out ways that you can empty that bucket a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, hypervigilance, that's something we already deal with. Uh, yeah. But hypervigilance and anger go hand in hand. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, our tempers, we got to watch out for our temper and, and be mindful of the fact that if we're snapping at people, especially the public and our family, but if we're snapping at people, is it legitimate? Is it something that's in the moment or is it more this generalized anxiety? But then again, to try and find ways to practice that patience. And I think for me, the thing I keep going back to is just that, that like number one rule of control, which you can control. Right. And to the point where writing out the things that you can control, right? I can't control the decisions my admin makes, but I control how I react to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I control my five, my 10 fingers and toes and my mind. And I, and, and that's where I have my influence. So mm-hmm. wanted to talk a little bit too about the things you feel like people can do to empty that bucket a little bit right now. <clears throat> For sure. The, the concept I think this is all going to fall under Garrett is, you know, we all have to learn to self-regulate before we'll ever learn how to co-regulate. Mm-hmm. Meaning I need to know how to control my own system before I can control my actions in a relationship with you, my a partner, my boss, or the public. Mm-hmm. So what we're talking about here is self-regulation practices. That's you looking in the mirror in the morning and first doing an inventory, taking stock, taking a breath before you go on, on to your job and saying, how am I? Oh, wow, I'm, I'm not okay. Or I'm, I'm actually, I feel great. It's the, if I'm not okay, then the practice and the, the, the skill of regulating yourself, of saying, okay, what can I do right now? Uh, what can I do today? Mm-hmm. Right? I'm stuck in a house for a couple of days. I've done a fuck ton of burpees and pushups <laughs> because that's how I'm going to regulate all of this extra energy I've got going on. Uh, so it's a matter of a meditation. Pra- I know it's, we've talked about this for years. Yeah. It's a five minute meditation practice, right? It's a five minute journal session to dump your feelings and your thoughts. It's uh, I've done this ton of times uh, publicly. Okay. Two word check-in guys. How do you feel and what do you most need right now? Mm-hmm. And I'll get, you know, 50 guys in my membership group group being like anxious, someone to tell me it's okay. Okay. Need to go to the gym, like feeling sad, like would love a hug. So just having that insight, how do you feel right now? And then what do you need most? And is that thing you need most, can you give it to yourself honestly? So if it's like, it's a hug, yeah, you can kind of give it to yourself, but it just looks fucking awkward. So just go ask someone for a hug. If it's, I need two weeks off, that may not be applicable to the situation because you simply can't in your line of work, but you can say, can I take a five minute, just close eyes, you know, headphones on breath before I walk into the office today. Can I listen to that song that calms me down? Number one, I would say over and over and over is how do you move? How can you move? Like you got to move and it may not be punching a punching bag. It may not be doing burpees and pushups and anything, something else hard. It's just going to be movement, like literal. Can you stretch in the morning? Can you do yoga? Can you swing your arms? Can you, uh, Michaela Bohm teaches nonlinear movement, which is literally this idea. Put on some music and then just move your body in really weird ways, however you want to move. I don't care what it's, if it looks stupid. I've done it plenty of times myself. 
But that's the the biggest means, the most effective means I know of self-regulation mm-hmm. is movement. And then the second is, I know it's a scary word for all people, especially for you guys, but some kind of intimate contact, meaning not sex, but like Garrett, I'm scared, like a real conversation. How are you doing right now? Really? Mm-hmm. Like throw that word on the end of it. When you ask people like, Hey, how are you doing? I used to ask people like, how are you doing as a human? Mm-hmm. Right. I'd have these great business meetings with, uh, with Jamie Thompson, the sex coach. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, how are you? She'd be like, my, my course is selling my, this, my, this. And like, Jamie, how are you? How are you doing as a human? Like, oh, you know what? I'm a little fucked up right now. My, I just broke up with this guy, blah, 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 whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And it was like, here we were on the surface, which is where a lot of us like to live. And we don't want to admit that there's anything going on below the surface. Yeah, it's easier. Right? <laughs> yeah. And movement will also unlock some of what is there. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wow, I did my push-ups this morning and I realized just how angry I am. Mm-hmm. And then the opportunity presents itself to acknowledge, admit, share, Right. Like how, how many times have you been with a buddy and been like, I'm fucking pissed. And he's like, good. You know, like slaps you on the back or like laughs or like, Ooh, who was really pissed. And then like two minutes later, like, all right, I feel so much better. Thanks. I just need, I just need to tell somebody. Right. So self-regulation, man. Yeah. I have two thoughts to add and, um, want your opinion on this too. But I think one of the things we struggle with in this self-regulation and, and kind of that check-in, right. Once you learn how to do that and to just kind of acknowledge what you're feeling. Um, yeah. the thing, the, the way to do that is, is as much, I, I agree, hundred percent agree that movement is crucial, but mm-hmm. we also have to institute some stillness. Right. Mm-hmm. And by, and what I mean in that, and I know you agree with that before I said it, but what I mean by that is develop the ability to just sit for a couple of minutes and just, you know, kind of take a breath. Now, I'm not even talking meditation, mm-hmm. but give yourself a chance to, to think and respond versus think and react because mm-hmm. one of the traps that I fell into was that, um, I packed my days full of activity mm-hmm. and I mistook, uh, I mistook that activity as positive movement. Like you're talking about, you mm-hmm. know, like I'm just constantly doing things, constantly producing, you know, doing podcasts, doing other stuff, writing, you know, working overtime and I'm staying busy and I'm moving and on the surface, it looks like I'm being productive and it looks like I'm being creative and all those things. But what it was doing was, was giving me an excuse to not be still. Mm. And, uh, at some point, once I learned that and then the ability to be still, that's once I, that's how I then understood how to do the check-in mm-hmm. and how to then also crucially understand that whatever you're experiencing as that emotion, whether it's fear, or anxiety, or you're feeling good you feel happy even in a time like this, it's possible. Whatever that is, it's valid, mm-hmm. right? And it has to be that way because it's not any other way. Right. right? And so I think we often really trip ourselves up by thinking, mm, I feel sad right now, but I have no reason to be sad. So it can't be that I'm sad. I'm, a, I'm, I'm just being right. a pussy, right? right? Like, no, being sad is valid, right? right. Being scared right now is, is valid. It right. doesn't mean you have to give in to it. it. doesn't mean you have to just lay down on the floor and curl up in a ball and cry yourself to sleep. Mm-hmm. But the that but acknowledging that as a as a valid f- thing, I think is 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 such a skill that we have to learn. Yeah, I, I hope people hear this and really really take it in. 
that you cannot move away from it until you acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. You cannot move through it, rather, until you acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. So we, you, you get – I imagine there are things in your department. You're like, God, I wish this would change, but no one will acknowledge that it even exists. That's no, the no. same thing that happens internally. Mm-hmm. And so the breath check-in, right? I would love it if I, I don't know if you guys still do a roll call in the morning. If if I was God, I would tell your whoever's running that meeting every morning. Everybody takes five deep breaths. The one guy that laughs gets kicked out, and then you go around to everybody and say, "Okay, one word, eyes closed. How do you feel, really?" And no commenting, no making, no poking, no none of the other bullshit that erodes the fact that people actually just admitted their feeling and probably took the biggest step towards group mental health that a police department's ever taken. Mm. You got to acknowledge it, man. This is and if I could give all of you a, a permission slip, every cop in the whole and every uh, first responder in the whole world right now, it would say permission granted to be human, mm. <laughs> and then slide that across the table. Mm. Because if you don't, then you're going to break down. And then then you don't get to do what you love to do the most, which is be of service. So it's if you are not of service to yourself right now, you can't be of service to us. And then the whole thing – then there's all kinds of different challenges. Then the whole system collapses. The whole system collapses, right? Right, right. right. This is a trying time, man. And people who won't admit it are just in denial that – we we just don't cope with rapid change that well as a species. Mm-hmm. We'll adopt to, adapt to anything, but we're not in the adaptation phase. We're not in the new normal phase yet. Like I looked at a journal entry I had like six days ago, and it was nothing to do. It was just like <laughs> courses are selling. Can't wait to get to Europe. Right. Like, right. Doing a speech yeah. in Amsterdam. This is going to be awesome. Then there's like a gap and. Things are now different. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okie dokie then. Things are now radically different. My, I, As an intelligent human, I can tell you why that happened. Mm-hmm. Biologically, my system's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We are going to need a little more time to sort through some of this shit, mister. I got it all figured out because I read CNN. Okay, so you know, like separate upstairs, downstairs here, mm-hmm. and and your your feeling state is the one that's really accurate, right? Again, you said it; like it's a yes and. Yes, I'm sad, and I have to go to work, so let me acknowledge that as opposed to pretending I'm not. Yes, I'm tired, and I have to go to work. At least acknowledge it, and if if you can regulate around it, regulate around it. Regulate with it, mm-hmm. manage it, right? Write it, speak it, voice note it, yell it in the car. I was furious uh, two days ago for no reason, just fucking rage filled Garrett and thought, oh, I'm just, I'm anxious. I'm nervous. I'm, I'm upset. I'm scared that I'm pissed that my whole year got shuffled in 72 hours. I'm pissed at, at every power that be and th- that even though they're doing the best that they can, I don't feel like they're doing a good enough job. I'm just – I don't give a fuck why. I'm pissed. Right. And so I just sat in my truck and yelled for two minutes. I went, oh, man. <sighs> I felt really great. <laughs> I'm really happy. Now. I'm just – but if, if, imagine being like, no, that was stupid. You shouldn't be pissed. Remember, you know how to meditate. You have a meditation course. You've read books on Zen. You're the dude that sat in the dark room. And then 
unloaded on someone in, in the supermarket two days later. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. That's not me. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, and, and it, it's, it's, it can be devious too, right? Like all those things, it, sure. our bucket spills over, not always out, out of the spigot, right? Off the sides too. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, I mean, the, the comment, like the idea of driving and road rage, that's an obvious one, right? You're, you're saying horrible, vile things about the person in front of you and you realize, I don't even know this person. <laughs> I don't know what they're going through. <laughs> Nothing to know? do with me. Um, and I did it. I, I remember I did it with someone who walked past me uh, outside my yard, you know, some homeless dude drinking a beer, walking down my street. I'm not too happy about that. And I'm giving him the mad dog and and then realized, yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of that in general. But, you know, uh, I'm also overreacting to it because I'm just wound. I'm pretty I'm wound pretty tight right now. Mm-hmm. And and realized it was an, it was a missed opportunity for me to practice a little patience and compassion with that person, too. Yeah. Um, there's. You know, recently, uh, I was going to talk. I'm talking about this maybe on the next episode, but real quickly was, you know, I, I had I had wrist surgery in the beginning of January, mm-hmm. back when, back when the world was just you know, <laughs> wide open and you could go anywhere. And, um, so anyway, I was home uh, for six weeks, and the surgery was on my gun hand, so I couldn't really do much of anything because my strong hands in a cast, and it was a it was a beautiful opportunity. Because I sat at home, unable to, uh, really unable to podcast, unable to type, uh, unable to do all the honeydew chores around the house, you know, that required a strong arm. Couldn't work because my hand's in a cast. And I got back to a lot of uh, regulation things that I'd let go. Uh, and And ways of, I mean, that's really where... I began to understand the idea of checking in and sitting with it, mm-hmm. but also the the physicality part, but also the importance of b- taking time to be quiet, you know, um, mm-hmm. and 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 also being outdoors. I think that's a big thing. You yeah. know, you can still be outdoors right now. Yeah, you, know, you just can't Huge. be in groups. But to get fresh air and to get vitamin D. But to me. I forgot how important it was for me to be out somewhere where I could I could touch the dirt, right? Mm-hmm. And I could I could I could be immersed in some sort of environment where I was out in nature. And that's yeah. very grounding to me and I think it is for most anyone if they acknowledge that, you know. True. True, true, true. Huge, huge piece. Yeah. One of my old teachers used to say, uh, three weeks in the lo- alone in the woods, if you don't starve, will solve all your problems. <laughs> I be- <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, right. You don't starve or freeze. So where do we go as, you know, your audience is predominantly male. Mine is predominantly male. But um, I don't want to focus it through that lens, but uh, sure. more so because to, to acknowledge the efforts and work of all of our listeners and all of our followers. Right. Where do we go from here as as leaders in our own tribes? There's never been a bigger opportunity to lead mm-hmm. uh, from from micro to macro, right? So your kids are watching you. Yeah, they're wa- they're watching how you respond in a time of national crisis. Your wife is watching you. Your the people who work under you at the department are watching you. This us public are watching you. And so I think what a, I literally when this all started going down heavily. Uh, had a jolt of very aggressive thought of fuck yes, 
because every dude who's ever taken a workshop, who's ever read a book on masculinity, who's ever read a book on leadership, like this is the time in our lives. There may be another one down the line, but this is the time when to go, okay, guess what? Time to figure out who the fighters are and who the, who the spectators are. Mm -hmm. And you guys have all read a lot of books on fighting. So either get your ass in the fucking cage or put the books down and walk away. And most guys are going, yeah, that's right. It, it was about times like this. The masculine men, for the first time in my internet history, I read a post the other day that said, men, we need you. And went, well, 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 motherfuckers. Looks like the narrative's changed a little bit, hasn't it? Huh? <laughs> hmm. Not hearing a whole lot about toxic masculinity this week, am I? No, it's time for men to go, okay, we may not have to stand outside with guns. Again, we may not have to be required for our paychecks, but we are required to bring a grounded sense of calm, which is the masculine, in the greatest sense of chaos that the world has ever known or the world has known in the last 40 years. Mm -hmm. So what an opportunity. So it's like literally we've gone from – the practice field, oh, like, okay, guys, guess what? The game just started. All of you are in it, period, period. Whether you want to be or not, you're in the game. Mm -hmm. And so we were practicing for years, hoping that the game came. This is the game. Yeah. Get the game. So I, I think we start looking, Garrett, from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed, how are we leading ourselves? Like all the little stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm waking up and and I'll be honest – for months, I didn't drink a glass of water before I had my cup of coffee. I'm drinking my glasses of water. I'm putting vitamin C in it, right? I'm, I'm making sure that my morning routine is locked in. I'm, I'm choosing only good foods to eat right now as opposed to like, ah, you know what? Like I'm hungry. I'll grab a Snickers. It's, it's taking the dial up 10% only mm -hmm. of personal care, personal decision, being very vigilant about what information am I taking in? Yeah. What am I ingesting? Right. Am I sucking down CNN and, and fear-based media? Or am I finding stuff like this, like podcasts like yours, stuff that's inspirational? Because our biology is going to react to what we read, see, and hear immediately. But that information may – like, okay, 500 more people died in Italy today. If I know that and, I, and my, my, uh, my cortisol levels spike and my immune system drops, then I've actually neg negatively affected myself. Mm -hmm. When those 500 people – I'm so sorry for them, but I didn't know them. They had no other effect on, except for the effect that I allowed myself to, to undergo by ingesting that. Mm -hmm. So to, to go from, again, micro to macro, from the little things like take care of yourself. Look for the places you can lead. Lead your family. Make sure they feel – these are the words, right? Mm -hmm. Safety, certainty, community, hope, levity. Like those five, I have those written on a post-it note because when this all happened, I sat down. I was like, okay, what do people need? As someone who's in service to, to the world, what, 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 what does the world need most right now that's in my skill set? I'm not figuring out a cure for this thing. Like D minus in college chemistry. It ain't going to be me, guys. <laughs> right. But I can put out content mm -hmm. that helps people. I can, I can teach meditation. I, I've been leading live streamed meditations in the morning 
that more and more people are showing up to. Why? Because they want a sense of community and they want a sense of, okay, if only for a half an hour I feel okay in the world, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. That's me leading with my unique skill set and by looking at the problem and saying, how do I apply what I'm good at and I can still do from home from here now? Right. That's what I think it is. You know, too, and I, I agree with that 100%. And I want to add to that, the yes and. I want to add to that because I think I understand your philosophy better than most. And this may be the first time some people have heard you on the show. <clears throat> is that you uniquely have uh, the perspective that each of us embodies masculine and feminine traits, right? I mean, that's not unique. I mean, that's, that's kind of ingrained, but that we can tap into those things, uh, regardless of our sex and that they, each of those things serve us well. And so in addition to the masculine traits you were talking about, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would consider things like compassion Mm -hmm. and empathy and patience to be on the feminine side of that. But those are so needed right now too, right? We, we need our Renaissance man for lack of a better term. We need that man, that uncivilized man, as you call it, Mm-hmm. to 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 be there for us right now yeah, yeah. for sure I, I have a post going up in the, in the day, next day or two called yin for the win because the yin and yang right most people hear it yin and yang but it's pronounced yin and yang we have been in such a hyper yang state as a culture as a society especially as men especially as your profession right how many guys start their day with you know two red bulls and uh, a cup of coffee which is just like instant yang. And we don't have the yin, which is nurturance, which is quiet, which is slow, which is compassion, which is empathy, which is understanding. It's your maternal aspects almost, which what do you know? The world and the earth is actually making us all engage in. We all have come with the whole planet has come to a stop. Because, oh, you guys are really going to, you think you could sprint forever? Okay. Now you get to sit down for a while and now you get to quiet down for a while. Oh, now you have to actually communicate yin, 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 yin. Uh, I think that cultivating both sides of the coin here, especially with ourselves, self-compassion. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. If you snap at someone, it's okay. We're in a fucking pandemic. Like remember the permission to be human card I just gave you? Pull that out again. Pull that out quite often. Yeah. And have both have access and cultivate access to both right now, right? And again, brother, connection. You were not in this alone, like especially for your profession. Talk to each other, please. Talk to your if you can't talk to your supervisor because you think you may get fired. Talk to somebody. Right? right? Isolation isn't going to happen if you're out in the public. But man, I imagine there are guys sitting in cars surrounded by humans who feel completely alone right now. In your profession. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then guys who come home and don't get to hang out with their buddies on the weekend and don't get to hang out with their girlfriend because she lives in another state and she's not flying in anymore. And so isolation is going to do a lot of damage during this if we don't find ways to connect. Mm -hmm. Right. There's, I know a DJ here in Denver who uh, literally just threw something up on Instagram and got 250 people into an hour-long dance party last night on Zoom. <laughs> and if you think about it, that sounds absurd. But every one of those people was home alone and said, God, just to see people – I have a buddy who joined in. He's like, just to see people on the screen and remember mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm not alone here made me feel so good last night. I'm so grateful that she did that. 
right? And something stupid, like, yeah, let's have a fucking dance party. Um, that's how, man, it's, it's, it's such a unique experience for everybody. There is no playbook. And so I think if we keep coming back to how do I take care of myself? How do I give myself those same things? A sense of safety, a sense of certainty, access to community, hope and levity, right? You guys are probably geniuses at making jokes about shit that's really inappropriate. Very good. Because you have to, like you and the medics, right? Like you, right. you've got to. So, I mean, what are some, figure out some good Corona jokes. Mm-hmm. Like someone today was like, don't you think they should have uh, waited for the uh, the census and like sent the census out in a couple of weeks? And I was like, you can't say shit like that right now. <laughs> but good point. <laughs> Well, I think the idea of community is a great place to end on. We both have ours. Um, Jaber, where can people find out about you and follow you and, and join in your community? Beautiful. I am at uh, on, on Instagram anytime, at Traver Boehm, T-R-A-V-E-R-B-O-E-H-M. And my unique community, uh, I call the Uncivilized Nation, is a phenomenal group of men. And uh, access to joining them or application, it's super easy. Uh, I said like I've made it dirt cheap. It's like 25 bucks a month is manuncivilized.com forward slash the nation. And the conversations that those guys are having right now are so important because it's just guys being like, Hey, I don't feel good today. Mm -hmm. Hey, I just lost my job. Right. And then boom, there's five other guys like, you know what? You're not alone. And, and you know what? If you need to, you can come live on my couch. There's stuff from that all the way to, hey, let's get on a call. Uh, let's see, is, is there consulting you can do? Or, or just like, hey, you know what, brother? You're not alone in this. Oh. The whole gamut. So yeah, those places. Um, I'm around, man. Like I have made myself available and I'm trying to make myself as available as possible through this because we're all in it together. Well, it's not like you're going anywhere anytime soon anyway, right? Well, you know, like, and, yeah, it's uh, kind of kind of landlocked. And it's snowed here, so yeah. I have my little two-wheel drive California truck can't fucking go anywhere anyway. So, <laughs> Like, everybody who's listened to the show for any amount of time uh, knows how close of a friend Traver is and his connection to the show from the very beginning. Um, you sent me a screenshot yesterday from someone who had joined your group after hearing about you through the interviews here, and that just makes my heart explode. Uh, yeah. with the fact that we get to share your message and connect you with the right people. Uh, we also have the Squadron Podcast group on Facebook. You can join. You can follow us also on Instagram at the Squadroom if um, you want to reach out. We're going to be doing some more uh, stuff in those platforms as the year goes on, especially during this epidemic. So, yeah. uh, but wanna, I know that, Trevor, I know that you'll join me in wishing everybody uh, um uh, as, as successful uh, a week as, as they can possibly muster. Uh, yeah. It's, it's going to be a different week than any of us expected a week ago. And mm. to, we need to set our expectations appropriately. But uh, that we are there um, in, in, in solidarity and in uh, a compassionate friendship with all, those, all these other officers that are going through what they're going through right now. And yeah. that... Uh, you know, we are all in this together. And yeah. and as Ron said, as I read at the beginning of the show, we will persevere and we will get through this. For sure. Thanks and for from, being- from my end, from the civilian population, thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts. You may not get it directly from people because they're too freaked out to tell you, 
but truly you guys are seen what you're doing is seen it's acknowledged and you are the the glue that's holding our our society together so truly from the bottom of my heart and everybody i know and everybody who won't say it thank you <laughs>